0: Uh, hey patrons, it's Scoots. Uh, thanks uh, for supporting the show. Make sure you download the Patreon app so you have access to Lens, uh, which is kind of like uh, Instagram stories or whatever uh, for patrons where I kind of show behind the scenes stuff uh, when I can. Thanks, patrons. Uh, hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could sit aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether that's thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, emotions, travel, uh, partners, unresolved conversations, uh, whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that. And the way I'm going to do it is create, like I said, a safe place. Uh, and I'm going to earn the label Safe Place, or I'm going to try to. It's not like uh, they like I, I, I got a label maker, though now I know what I'm going to talk about in this intro. Uh, it's not like I got a label maker, but then they just uh, stuck out there that said Safe Place. Uh, you know, it's much more... It really is one of the things in my life that actually is nuanced. Uh, one, I know I'm here to, I'm here to earn your trust. Uh, but it's more than that. It's about smoothing. And it is really creating a safe place does involve a lot of smoothing and padding down. And, uh, you know, m- maintaining an area that is comfortable for both the orderlies, uh, uh, those who like order. It, it will, the orderlies, that's a, that would be an inside joke about this. A, uh, Scooch, you gotta maintain your safe place, please. Please come to the safe place room. But that's uh, like, uh, but you know, for people that like order, people that don't like like, like a little chaos, uh, uh like uh, whatever, a uh, safe place. Uh, it's just not about sticking a label on there. So I'm here to earn it. Uh, and I'm here to try to create it, and cra- it also involves some, uh, you know, the hand motion, like when you make a snowball. But you're working in something like clay, maybe like, now like Play-Doh. Well, here's a question unrelated to, because um, if I was going to make the safe place out of Play-Doh, it'd need to be sanded. I don't know if anybody ever sands Play-Doh, if that's possible. And you'd have to get it down to a fine grain and then you'd have to rub it. Like I hear people, uh, they say that's rubbed, that's, you know, something rubbed wood or leather. And I say, oh boy, or metal. And I say, what are you rubbing that with? Because it's cheaper, it, it, jeep, cheaper, creepers. that looks good. Uh, like, I think that's what you do after you sand it. You do some sort of rubbing. In And, you know, parts of the safe place will be buffed. Uh, but I'm really here to buff it you and, uh, in a sense, and in, in, in take your mind off whatever's giving you it. As I said, I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use a lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders. Uh, what else am I gonna use? Tangents? Go go off topic because I said, well, I'm gonna talk about label makers, and then I started talking about uh, rubbing wood or something. uh dun dun. No, but really, I think that's what they call it. They say, oh, that's like a uh, hand rubbed. Uh, uh, like that's why it looks so good. It's got a patina. i mean, Ideally, if my safe place will have a pantina of nice oils, like you say, well, that's even. It's been rubbed so good it has natural oils in it. Uh, you see, yeah, that's just to make it feel so good. We have all the woods here too, not just cedar. We do have cedar and the other ones, all either sustainable or accidentally reclaimed. You know, we're not reclaiming stuff, uh, where the, you know, we're not like the big money reclaimers and, you know, only woods that have drifted in like, uh, to my drifted to me. It, that, that's only reclaiming we're going to do. And uh, where was I? Oh, it's in the middle of podcast intro. I got to reclaim this podcast intro, if you don't mind, uh, before it turns to reclaimed water. Uh, so I'm going to try to keep, take your mind off whatever's keeping you awake. If you're new here, go, thanks for coming by. I appreciate it. Uh, structurally, what to expect? Uh, first uh, three or four minutes of the show are business. Uh, that's how we keep a sleep podcast uh, free. And ideally, all of our archives free. So people that take action at the beginning of the show of what we say, or they just go to sleepwithmepodcast.com/sponsors. Uh, but that's how we keep the show free. That's four minutes. Thanks for sticking through that. Then we have an intro which I've uh, begun, and that's like kind of like a show within a show. It sets the mood. It's different every time. The goal is the same every time. I just never achieve the goal, which is just simply. In briefly explain the podcast, uh, in but, but by demonstrating the method. So instead of it being simple or brief, it's meandering a bit nonsensical. And ideally, you say, Well, it was like an experience I have, uh, like, like, like four or five minutes after I laughed, Not the same as laughing, but you know how you feel like four or five minutes later. Like it's kind of like that, like oh, I've laughed recently, like that's the podcast is for me, like uh kind of like the 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 face you make when you're uh when you're touch you know your feet your feet touch a warm sidewalk, not a hot sidewalk, and you say hmm, yeah that's what the intro tries to 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 do to to create uh so that's the intro it's about twelve minutes some people skip over it, maybe like uh And I forget the number, but a certain percentage of listeners go straight to the story. Timestamps in the show notes for that. Uh, So and then there's a story like tonight. It'll be like a trending, like a meandering uh, one off story, bedtime story to kind of help you off to dreamland. And that'll be about 40 minutes and we'll have some thank yous at the end. So all told, we'll be here about an hour. If you've listened to podcasts or audio audio before or audios, uh, uh this is a, like different because you can only you don't really need to listen to me. You don't have to buy, pay me any bother, as uh, most relatives and uh, friends of mine say. Oh, don't pay him any mind, or that's what they'll say when I'm you know like when I finally achieve my goal of instead of podcasting, just sitting in a like a rocking chair, or porch swing. You know, and one of those nice porches, uh, is somewhere where the moderate temperature all the time, and I can just sit out there talking. Then I'll have achieved my dreams. And they'll say, Oh, don't pay him any mind. He talks about nothing. Uh, I guess they record it and distribute it somewhere. I guess that would be if I traveled back in time, or maybe that's my present. I guess, yeah, I guess that's, uh, it's just what it's real like a cartoon version of my present. Uh, so you don't really have to listen. You can, you can kind of listen. You can turn me down and barely listen. You can reflectively listen, which means you can hear me, but your ears are kind of reflecting my words. And and you can listen, whether it's, uh, if you, you say, geez, I just need someone to listen to someone to bring me, uh, some, you know, moderate comfort. I'll be here. And I'll be here all the way to the end because I know there's listeners out there that can't sleep, uh, and I'm here for you, but in some sense, I'm here for you, uh, for you not to, for you to optionally listen to me. Uh, but you're also under no pressure to fall asleep because I'll be here to then to keep you company, to be your boyfriend, your boar bud, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar bore bestie. I'll be here. And uh, you don't even have, you could use any of those labels or none of them, just like a label maker. I don't know why a label maker popped in my head, but like, that's an interesting technology when you think about it. Cause there's only been, as far as I know, which is nothing. There's only been two gens of uh, label makers. There's the, uh, the plastic ones with the indentations. And then there seems to be some sort of printer one. And I don't want to, uh I guess I, I do live in an all or nothing world most of the time because I was originally going to say, well, it looks like uh this was one of the first ones where, you know, Gen 2 maybe not improved because it doesn't seem like those Gen 2 uh printer style ones really do a good job of sticking. It constantly seems like they're falling off where the Gen 1, the indentation, I think that was the technology. It was like a plastic strip and it would uh indent the letters in there. I never owned one of those. Maybe it was crimping, actually, or pressing, which I think creates an indentation. Uh, those were always cool, and I think because one, I have dyslexia, so I don't do a good job smelling. Two, I don't really follow through on anything, and you know, I can't. You can only label so many things. Chaos. Uh, if I if I did, yeah, but it seems like some of my classmates had fun with those label makers and. I always liked that. Maybe I'll pick myself up an old school label maker, label maker, label maker, make me a label. Uh, th- that could be a song for my parody musical. Yeah. Maybe that's a story tonight. The label maker, the tale of the label maker, but then the second generation, label makers are easier to read because they're usually in a nice, uh, you know, bold, uh, easy to read font. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I'm no designer. I really know nothing about anything, but here's my g- 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 gripes with the label makers, which I've never used. Uh, usually I just like, uh, would create columns on a piece of printer paper and then cut out little tiny squares. Uh, but, uh, there's a pro, I guess that's not a pro tip, but because it could kind of, but here's the thing. They don't really stick out. Like one, they don't do a good job of sticking. And maybe that's just something we've been taught to kind of, or maybe it's just me. I say, well, if there's a label, I'm not going to pay attention to it. uh And so my mind kind of blanks it out. And they said, well, why'd you do that? I said, you, you mean pull that lever? Because I wanted to see what it would do. Well, the, the label says, do not pull. They say, oh, gee, I didn't even see I didn't notice. I guess I didn't pay attention to that. Uh oh, that said, my roommate's dinner. Hmm. Uh, maybe if you maybe you should put the label on actually on the food itself uh, on the meatloaf. Uh, but yeah, like uh, I guess part of my brain is just trained. But those old school labels, it would catch my attention. Maybe because and here's the thing: I've theorized this on other podcast episodes. Uh, it's uh, and I think this is where uh, like uh, the medium is a message. Uh, the medium's good across. If it's tactile, it's better at getting across the message. Because of those, the way those old school labels were, they were like the plastic was a little distressed and it was, uh, you could run your fingers on it and it had some depth and it caught the eye. And and I I think I was less likely to, maybe I was just as likely to ignore those because those labels were probably popular when I was in school. I don't know, like, why? I guess because owning a label, do label makers kind of, like, a rare or, like, a, seem more democratic? And that, that might just be a projection where uh, these new labels, uh, who would have thought I'd get on a soapbox and start labeling label makers? Uh, the man who labeled label makers, here I am talking about lab- labeling label makers, really, because I think the new ones are very institutional and, I would say, author- authoritative uh with their boldness, and I guess that's the part of me that has a problem with authority. I just ignore those labels. Uh, where the other ones, I say, well, you're a little bit more uh, like me, distressed and, yeah, uh, uh, you know, crimped. Uh, I never crimped my hair, but I I wish I had ever had it long enough to try. And this podcast is a bit like that. It does. I try to, even though it's just an audio show. I think something, uh, I try to be tactile in the deep, dark night. And, and, the, and the only way I know how is uh, to ramble, to give you something to hold on to, uh, to give you something to kind of pay attention to. Instead of thinking about whatever's keeping you awake, you say, oh, yeah, I can picture that late, those old school label makers, or maybe some of you that maybe are a little bit younger, you've just seen the fonts that look like the label makers. I don't know if they call that the label font and maybe some of you like work for the, group. I think there's only one company that I'm aware of that makes label makers. Uh, maybe there's two. So now I just lost that group of listeners. They say, well, we work for this. I work for the second largest label making company in the world. Scoots. Uh, thanks. Uh, and I say, sorry about that. I only heard of the big one, uh, yeah, big, big labels. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you stumble into stuff that's just too, like, there's too much there to, to, to goof around about. Uh, uh, but yeah, I hope you label this podcast, uh, unknown or, or whatever. Uh, give it a few tries because all I'm here to help is, uh, to, to see if I can, uh, escort you to keep you company while you drift off to sleep. Uh, most reviewers say it takes two, three, four, uh, five, uh, I'll only ask for two tries. Give it a couple tries. See if it fits your sensibilities. See if it puts you to sleep. Uh, Because I work very hard. I've been there. That's why I make this show. And I really want to help. I I strive and I yearn uh, to help you fall asleep. So thanks again for coming by. And let's uh, keep the show going. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Scoots here. And it's time for an occasional series we have. I think we usually do this about once a year. And I think it's been about a year. I don't know. I guess they I do year by field. It's been a while. I would assume we do this once a year, but I guess that's an assumption. So I hate to make an, uh, uh, ask out of you, me, and, uh, Carol King, because this is, uh, uh, the, uh, t- I forgot what the series was called. Actually, it's been so long. I don't even remember what it's called. Uh, and that's an honest truth. But I'll tell you, I'll explain to you the, uh, <laughs> What drives the series, uh, the, the, not the theme. I don't know. There's a fancy word behind it, but it, it's uh, what happened was uh, Carol King, not Carol Kane, beloved sing singer and songstress, uh, singer songwriter performer. Uh, like and so I love Carol Kane, but this is a different situation. Is it Carol King? Holy mackerel! I I, I think it is. Uh, I was t- attempted to, uh, to stop it, but I guess I got to live with my mistakes. I'm not perfect and my memory is definitely not perfect, but, uh, I hope it's Carol King. Uh, recently she had a musical and it's probably touring somewhere near you. So if I'm anywhere correct, uh, make sure you go spend some money and help me make my amends to Carol King. But at some point, and we're going to take a quick explanation about how this works or what inspired these occasional episodes. It'll be a meandering story of an adventure I had recently because of Carol King. And What happened was back in the day before iPhones, and I don't know how long ago, that was maybe 10, I don't know if it was 10 years or 12 years or 15 years, when they just had iPods, uh, uh, the white iPod that looked like, uh, it was the same size as a deck of cards, uh, and had the wheel and you would keep songs on there and podcasts. Uh, once Apple podcasts or iTunes had podcasts, you could put your podcasts on there. It's great. Great way to consume podcasts. Uh, uh, before that, what you'd have to do, what I did was I downloaded them, you know, from a podcast directory. And then I would put them on mini-discs and listen to a mini-disc player. But that's beside the point. So I had this iPod. And what I'd used the iPod was I had all my music on there. And then if I ran into somebody like a friend or a sibling, I'd say, hey, put some music on here for me. So I got, like, people that randomly would put... They never made a playlist, I don't think, but they would dump music on there, too. And what it resulted was an iPod with a pretty eclectic a collection of good tunes and... Uh, Then at some point, the the way that it it was a self-contained hardware and software device, it didn't have a a Wi-Fi, so it didn't automatically update. You would update it when you uh, synced with iTunes, but it wasn't a device you synced often unless you want to put music on there or check. If you're using it for a a podcast, you'd sync your podcast. But I think, I I don't know. So the software updates were few and far between because, I mean, I guess all it did was really play songs and stuff and audio. But it had an algorithm, and it would t- it could tell, like, how often you played a song. And I don't think the algorithm paid attention to how long you played the song, just how often. In somewhere in the internal uh, machinery or software of this device, these old iPods, according to me, this isn't based on fact, it's just my assumptions. Uh, the, the iPod would, like, say, oh, you like uh, this type of music. And I do love Carol King. Yeah, but at some point the iPod uh, began to, to to like, cause I like to shuffle it because I didn't know what was on there and I didn't always listen to all the same music as my friends did. So it's cool to shuffle songs and say, holy cow. Uh, like that's literally how I discovered uh, the, like uh, the mountain goats. Uh, that'd be one example, uh, or the Avid brothers or Avid brothers. And I mean, this was back, uh, when they were, you know, not, uh, the biggest thing since, uh, like Holy Bread or whatever, um, whatever you do, or, or uh, you know, other groups that who's like uh, with like louder groups whose names I can't say in the podcast. Uh, but so I would, I was big into shuffling if I listen to music random. I love random stuff, uh, but at some point I became convinced that Carol King. Now at the time, I didn't know this, that she was like, uh, she was a flourishing, functioning human. I thought maybe she had moved into the ether zone and found my, her way into my pod, my, uh, what do you call the iPod? Uh, but what really happened is, is her influence is so strong in her, like her sympathetic vibrations probably that this iPod, the software was so moved by her music that it constantly. I don't know. Somehow, uh, her essence got into this podcast. Like she, they, like, uh, they say ghost in the machine. And this was a case of that. So every time you shuffled a song, about every fifth song would be a Carol King song. And I became, at some point I said, okay, let's just go with this. And then, you know, this is the kind of thing they talk about when you're trying to get better or, you know, be more, you say, the more accepting you are. And the more you say yes, uh, uh, like a lot of times the tension resolves itself. And as soon as I started saying yes, Carol King, play, play me, play me a song. Uh, then less Carol King songs came up, but she, I started to believe she was running the shuffle. And then I started to use that as my decision tree for all my major life decisions. And she really was dictating the soundtrack of my life. And she still does from time to time when I say, let's do some iPod shuffling. Now, luckily, I had the foresight because, you know, this was before the the old iPods. They weren't solid state. They were platter-based drives or whatever you call it uh, with, you know, with a moving head. And what that means is that eventually the iPod stops working. But I had a way, like I, I banked up this iPod. so. No concern about that. But so it was just recently uh, that I was out and uh, I was listening to music and I guess I had this iPod for a long time in the history of my life. Because uh, I was singing along with the song of Froggy Whit and Corton and thinking about uh, like, is it? I said, what is it like? I couldn't really pay attention to the lyrics because I kept thinking about uh, Tom and Jerry and the song was uh, featured prominently in more than one episode of Tom and Jerry. And before there was itchy and scratchy, you might say, Scooch, your voice is itchy and scratchy." I say, "Well, it's here to calm you. That's uh, like, a, it's like a sympathetic. It's like, a, yeah, I got it all locked in my voice, so you can chill out." Uh, but before that, there was Tom and Jerry. They were a cat and a, a mouse that lived together. Uh, sometime, whatever, whatever they lived together. At one point, the song frog. Instead of thinking about the lyrics to "Frog, You Went to Court," and, I was thinking about the song and I was strolling down the street as I tend to do when I'm listening to, like, letting Carol King, you know, I said, let me get, let me get walking, Carol, you do the talking uh, via shuffle. Uh, You know, I put my life in the hands of a fate, in this case, uh, the, the, the oral essence of Carol King. I think I summarized that enough in the last eight minutes, uh, but that's part of me making a sleep podcast. But so I was singing frog, you went to court and, and I, I didn't really know the lyrics. And I guess some of those older, uh, children's songs, I'm always like, when the heck uh, are they talking about? Uh, so I paused, uh, ostensibly to, to rewind uh, or whatever shuffle back, whatever the heck you do, scroll, what do you, I don't know, scroll wheel it or whatever they used to say. And see, like, what are the really lyrics uh, to this uh, "Froggy Went Should I be walking down the street singing "Froggy Went and, and he did, uh, like, is he riding Cranbo? Uh And I honestly didn't know. Like, uh, so I said, okay, let me make sure before I. Uh, and when I did that, uh, like, there was a. I stopped at this parking lot, not too far from where I live. Uh, that's behind. Like a bunch of, uh, like uh, there's a couple dim sum places and a couple other businesses. It's the backside of that. And I stopped there. I saw some motion out of the corner of my eye. And I still kept letting Froggy went to court and play because, uh, I was more interested. I said, what is that I saw? and then it like i I started to head over to where the motion was i said is that a bird and i saw something bird like it was it was red and white and i know uh from what little i know there's like a, a famous woodpecker uh from like i think i saw it in 60 minutes once and then my good friend charlie he's a big bird watcher and he also talks about these woodpeckers uh and I said, I'm pretty sure they have famous woodpeckers, red and white, uh, so I better keep an eye on it. Uh, and I said, is that a woodpecker? Because it was against the fence in the parking lot. Uh, and there's like brush in front of the fence, and it was an old wooden fence. And I said, huh, what's that bird up to? And I started to approach it, and I said, uh, huh, that's, uh, it was moving like a bird. And it was doing something on the fence. I thought it was, uh, packing. I mean, more, fe- this would have been a fence packer. I, I mean, if I had to nickname it, which I did, I said, what are you, uh, fence packer? You know, like I said, I technically, it's, I said, they might not even be technically wood because it was like that kind of stuff they make, uh, uh, pallets out of. I don't know if it's like real wood or like scrap wood and. Right then, uh, the Beastie Boys song kicked in, Brass Monkey. And I said, you, you like, uh, I thought about like when I was, didn't know what Brass Monkey was, which is a drink. And then I did. And I was like thinking, people are probably thinking I'm back in this corner of this, uh, parking lot sneaking a brass. I said, I wonder if you can even buy Brass Monkeys anymore. Uh, but then I like, I, I guess I was talking out loud and the thing looked at me and it was not a bird. It was bird shaped. It was red and white. Uh, and you're not going to believe this, but it was a label maker and it looked like it was a label maker imitating either uh, a woodpecker or one of those uh, uh, birds that dips its uh, nose in the water. One of those perpetual motion machines, uh, that you need a battery for. Or maybe nowadays you just use uh, solar energy. You know what I'm talking about? It's got like some sort of water bulb in the bottom of it. My neighbors, uh, my, where the house I was born in, they had a bunch of them in their house. Uh, and my parents used to send me over to that house all the time. It was, uh, uh, I can't remember the, uh, their last name, but it was, uh, it was just three adults and one young man who was much older than me. And I would go over to their house sometimes because uh, they lived right next door to where I was born. And, you know, my parents could only handle me so many hours of the day. So they said, go play with our older neighbors. uh, uh They seem to be uh, more tolerant of you. And so I'd go stare at their perpetual motion machines because back then, you know, we didn't have on-demand stuff. Uh It was the closest thing to screen time I could get. And it probably talked to those birds, but so this thing looked like a, it had that motion down kind of. It was a little, but it was a, it was plastic. It was a, a label maker because I saw the, the in an old school one at that, because uh, I saw the circular wheel, uh, that I thought was like the crest or the crown of the bird. And, you know, like it had like three or four parts of plastic. Some were red and some were white. And then I noticed uh, that it was uh, trying to peel a label. I thought it, at first I thought I was applying a label. I mean, I was stunned and I was also, you know, singing along with Brass Monkey. Uh, and I mean, every once in a while I couldn't help but dance a little. So I said, and I said, what are you doing? Uh, like and I mean, luckily I live in a state of mind that seeing a, uh, a living, moving, well, presumably living, but uh, a motion-based label maker. That doesn't surprise me. And I said, like, uh, I said, what are you sticking? I said, what are you, some sort of automated label maker? And label maker was a little testy. I said, what the friggin' heck do you think I'm doing? I'm peeling this label off. Uh, And I said, really? I said, "Uh, you're taking, like, you're a label maker. You're removing a label. And it said, yeah, a sailor went to sea. What do you think? And I said, a sailor went, I said, I guess you're, I said, what air are you from? Never heard that phrase before. I don't know. I said, are you trying to put a label on or put take a label off? Uh, and it said, "Get I'm trying to get this label off. And I said, well, it's too bad you don't have opposable thumbs. Uh, and I said, here, let me help. Uh, and at first it was kind of like muttering to itself. And I said, no, no worries. I said, I'm actually pretty good at it. I have a you know. Said it's just an advantage I have as a human, but I can't make labels, uh even with the label maker. I uh, I've failed at making labels, uh printed labels, but I've never made them. And I said, Did you make this label? And I said, No, I'm here to reclaim this label. And I said, Well that caught my curiosity, and I, I was like, uh, claim reclaim the la your label maker reclaiming labels, uh And it said exactly. And I said for what to what end? It said, "None of your beeswax." Uh, And they said, "You don't have no butterfly named Bernie the butterfly, do you?" And you may have think you you could never have a you take the glare of a label maker, but this label maker was glaring at me. And I I said, "Oh, interesting." And then I got my thumb off. uh, And I said, "I said, what does this say? Let there be drums." and I said, who put a label on this, uh, fence that said, let there be drums. Uh, and the label maker said, does it matter? And I said, it matters to me cause I'm, cur-. I said, I'm just, and then I got the label off, uh, and I, and I went to hand it to the label maker. That was presumptuous. Uh, and you know, I kinda, you know, I can be antagonistic. to suicide. You didn't really think this out, did you? And the label maker continued to stare and I said, okay, I'll, I'll just keep it in my pocket. Uh, and I said, why don't you hop on my shoulder like a parrot? Uh, this, this could be interesting. And I said, I was just trying to figure out if, it, if that label was, uh, wanted someone to play drums on the fence. Uh, how long has it been there? And label maker, it, it, it you know, it has that squeeze thing. So it kind of squeezed, shrugged its shoulders. So it shrugged, shrugged its squeezer. And I said, okay. I said, uh, And I said, I don't know, I said, maybe a fan of the incredible bongo band has been by here uh, putting up labels. And maybe someone was playing, I said, you can't play bongos on the fence, can you? And the label, and I said, okay, so you're on a mission to reclaim labels. And I said, are you going to communicate? I said, that would be incredibly inefficient for you to communicate by printing out labels to answer me. Said, unless Jan Smockmeyer was around, or so, I said, Is that who makes those movies? Uh, and looked at me. and said, It's a good thing you can talk. Uh, I said, Well, here's the thing, as strange as this may sound, uh, <laughs> in this uh, circumstance, I said, I have to believe that Carol King, uh, the beloved songstress, uh, wanted me to encounter you and help you. So even though you're sitting on my shoulder of like a sidekick, I'm really your sidekick. I'm here to help. Uh Where do we go next? And the label maker kind of mumbled a thanks. uh And I said, don't worry. And I said, well, where are we headed? It, we're, I said, we're on a mission to reclaim labels. Uh, is that correct? Uh The label maker said, yeah. And I said, I, I don't really know. I, I've been looking for labels. This is the first one I spotted in in a while. And he said, so you're just move." I see you're really determined. Uh, you're just walking around the neighborhood. And he said, not walking, hopping, sometimes rolling. And also I got to make sure no humans spot me. And I said, well, it's good because at a distance you look like a woodpecker. Uh, but I said, you don't know where you're going, huh? And he said, no. And I said, you know who does is, uh, I said, is it, well, I said, one, is this a quest, uh, for good or not good? And the label maker said, good for me. And I said, so is this a, you know, some sort of profit related quest? Uh, and the label maker, sh- and I said, well, as long as you're not going to use these, you're not going to nefariously use reused labels, uh, uh, reuse used labels, uh, and I said, "No, no, I'm going to sell them." Uh, like I said, okay, like I said, great. Uh, I said, "Carol King probably." Won't. I said, "Are you sure this won't help uh, some other greater mission?" And it, I don't know. I felt like the look the label maker gave me at that point, like maybe I was reading into it because there's only so many it could spin its wheels. So you say, "Well, how many faces can a label maker make?" And I said, "Well." How many characters are in the like a uh, label maker? Uh, I don't know how many words are in the English letters are in the English language. Twenty-seven, and then you get the pound sign, also known as a hashtag. I said a lot, uh, so I said picture that, uh, and the label maker could express itself. So it made an expression, then it made it sound like. Uh, uh, but I said okay, and I hit my shuffle on my iPad. And it said, "What did it say?" And I started uh, doing a little slow dance because uh, I was feeling like moon, "Moonlight to Serenade," uh, like uh, if I was at a Glenn Miller uh, concert. And label maker said, "Steve Miller," and I said, "No, no, no, don't date yourself, label maker." Uh, and label label makers, you know, made a couple jokes at my expense about dating myself. Uh, and I said, I said, you, you, I said, you're, you're, you're quick on the uptake. Uh, but I said, moonlight serenade. Uh, they said, either Carol King wants me to dance on the sidewalks said, or like where I usually like to dance the aisles of a supermarket. Uh, and it just happened that not far from where we were was like one of the last old school, like independent grocers. Uh, I mean, it was a new independent grocer, like, uh, but locally owned, like somewhere between, like when it goes from a corner store, uh, to a grocery, grocery store, but independent. And I said, okay, let's get in there and let's dance in the aisles. Uh, and I don't I said, I don't know if this is an IGA affiliated, uh, grocer, grocer. And I tried making gross, the grosser than a grocer jokes, uh, and I said, if you're from the, like that era, like, uh, Steven Miller's second, you know, when the second boom of popularity was in the eighties, uh, I said, that's when those truly gross jokes were around too. And the label maker just switched to a question mark. I said, Okie doke. Uh, I said, that's really a way to supplement. I said, you, you have auto, you can communicate by words and he said, you're like pre-emoji. Emo- I said, you're using it. And I said, wow, so much I could learn from you. And the label maker said, get dancing, Glenn. And so I was doing the Moonlight Serenade into this independent grocery store. You know, this is only a four-aisle store. And I said, just so you know, I'm not taking any price to labels because uh, this is like an independent. And he said, these people are counting on this store. I can't mess their prices up. And the label maker just said, well, see, I'm for right. So there I was dancing and trying to decide what I was going to buy to be polite. And But how, like I said, well, she said, like, uh, usually anything I'd be to buy, uh, buy to be polite would be towards the front of the store, like uh, in their hostess section, in their soda section, or, you know, in their candy section. And there's not much else at a grocery store. But I said, okay, I'm here to dance uh, to the Moonlight Serenade. And then that song came to a close. And a song I was unfamiliar with came on Sideways Tree by Keller Williams. And I said, what in the jam? And we were in the jam section. I said, I'm pretty sure it's a jam band song, Sideways Tree. And the label maker said, what do you mean? I said, there's a clue of where the label, the next label we're going to reclaim. And I said, it's in the jams. I said, we're in the right place. Carol King knows what she's doing. And the label maker said, okay, I'll keep my, uh, whatever. I think it said it's numerals peeled. And it cra- cracked me up. I said, you're hilarious. Uh, I said, wouldn't it be your, uh, labels peeled? Like, could you peel off the, uh. And he said, well, we're almost there. Between the two of us, we have 40% of a joke. But I said, which jam comes from a sideways tree? I said, strawberries grow on the ground. Uh, the grapes grow. I, I said, I don't even know where grapes grow on a vine. He said, uh, what other, we got strawberries, uh, j- strawberry. And we said, oh, those are jellies. Uh, he said, these are jams. He said, sideways tree. I guess that could be. Uh, I said, it's probably grape jam. And uh, there it was uh, underneath the grape jam. I started moving the grape jam jars, and sitting on the metal shelf was a label, a green and white label, green plastic, uh, white letters. And I said, Is that? For? I said, I, I had this question earlier. And the label maker said shh shh shh, and they said get peeling, and I said okay okay, and I said shouldn't I give some dramatic uh, uh thing to this uh, label? And the label maker said just reclaim it, uh, and I said it says got me wrong. He said what did the first label say? Brass monkey. And the, that, the label maker started laughing at that, or ch- more of a chattering sound because of its limited ability to express itself. Uh. And so I peeled that label off. So we had that green label. I stuck it in my pocket, and I said, okay, uh, i got to pull, be pulled. I said, I might as well buy a thing of jam. And then I said, nah, never mind. And then, so I acted like I changed my mind, which I really did because I said, well, at first I should buy, buy a jar of jam. Uh, then I said, well, I don't really want any jam. And then I said, hey, I I have to be honest with the store people, too. And, like, uh, I said, also I have a label maker on my shoulder like a parrot, uh, but they've seen me before. So I got to shopping, and I, and I, you know, purchased some, you know, items totaling about five bucks. And I said, hey, listen, uh, I saw a label on the shelf back there. I was just going to take it. It says, you got me wrong. And actually the person said, no, it's just got me wrong. And I said, oh yeah, yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. I said, uh, my label maker's lonely. And it was strange. I saw, I was going to buy some grape jam, realized I already had some, saw this label. I said, huh, maybe my label maker wants some company. And the person at the store said, okay, just like you're paying in cash, right? I said, yes. And I said, no problem. Uh, and I said, see you soon. And they said, yeah, keep on dancing, man. And I said, please. I said, they said, does your label maker have a name? I said, Ooh. "Uh, awkward. Never asked for the label maker's name. And as I tend to do, I just uh, trusted Carol King and she whipped out a holographic universe. Uh, and I said, uh, he said, is that where you're from, label maker, the holographic universe? And the label maker kind of said, get moving. Come on. I said, what, what, I said, can I call you Betty? Like, uh, cause, uh, the next song that came up was Foul Play. And the label maker kind of gave me a nod and they said, Oh, Betty Carter, you're a Betty Carter fan, eh? And the label maker said, no, it's a hint, uh, Foul Play do you know what it means? And I said, I know exactly what it means, Betty. Uh, and I said, you're lucky. I almost said my little Betty Pooh. And the label maker said, what does it mean? I said, "Well, write down. I said, we're not far from a park. Uh, it's gotta be this, uh, softball fields at the park It's a easy one. And this was like a, this is like an older park too. So, I mean, it's been refurbed, but, uh, I don't spend a lot of time on the softball fields. Uh, uh, or except when there's no one there and they just run the bases solo and the label, you know, label maker. I I, I thought I was talking to you, the podcast listener, but I, I was also talking. I, I said, I should just wear a mic uh, to save me one step. But uh, the uh, label, whatever, label maker said it's something like typical. So we headed over there because this, this uh, softball, I don't know how old, uh, long it's been there. But it has some little stands. It's got fences that are the green paint chipping away. And then, you know, it gets uh, like a little bit sanded down and painted again. And so I headed over there and uh, maker said, well, what's the next move? I said, foul play. I said, let's run the bases for a while. It helps me think. I I said, I usually try to... uh, I tried to develop my optimistic side by running the bases and saying, we, we, wee," And the label maker says, usually people imagine, I had to think, that people, you know, just hit a home run or something. And I said, sure. I said, if you want to do that. And then I said, am I forced to run around the bases? Uh, I headed right down the right field line. And I said, we're, doing, we're heading to foul territory now. And like a label maker said, okay. And I said, keep your eyes open or whatever, however you view, you know, I said, keep, 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 your, keep your labels peeled or don't peel your labels. Uh, yet, uh, I said, just keep, like, we've got to find the, the label. Uh, so we started, I started running up and down and there's a lot of, you know, where the right field line was, there was a gap of space and then, uh, wood, To turn into really high fences so no one would hit it, because it's a a park in a a city, so you know what the ball's bothering anybody that doesn't live on a softball field. And I said, like the label maker said, we're never going to find it. And I said we, we, the two of us, wouldn't, but with the help of Carol King, we shall. And the next song that came out was one by Missy Elliott: uh, "Get Your Freak On." And I got, I like, uh, label maker, like we both paused for a second, uh, and, but I, you know, I knew what to do, which was, I just got on all fours and started cr- crawling. Uh, cause I, I said, that's kind of freaky for being in outfield, uh, you know, like appropriate, appropriate to kind of getting my freak on And label maker said, okay, okay. So I was crawling around like a little bit like a crab, uh. And of course, I caught a label right out of the right side of my eye. And it was, uh, I don't know what the label looked like originally, but it turned into a color that wasn't quite maroon, or maybe it always was. I uh, wouldn't describe it as a burgundy either. Uh, and it maybe it, it was so weathered that it almost had like a milk uh, running through it, like a burgundy with a, a dollop of milk in there and mixed up. And the label maker said, what does it say? Cause it was all one color and it was against a green fence, but because it was burgundy and it was really low, it was hard to see. And I said, wouldn't it be nice? Uh, and the label maker said, peel it off. I said, don't you want to contemplate its meaning? Cause this has great meaning to me. This one. And the label maker said, I prefer to just reclaim it. Uh, and I said, well, you're whose shoulder are you on? And Levi said, go ahead and peel it off and tell me your story of why this has meaning to you. And I said, well, this is one of the first, uh, like, uh, adult set of feelings I ever had for a film, a movie, a documentary, as a matter of fact. Uh, and I said, it still gives me the chills. Uh, this is one of these, uh, like, uh, foundational moments for me as a movie viewer and the label maker said okay it could tell i can't and i said this is a really big deal to me and it said okay and i said oh do are can you actually acknowledge you're looking forward to hearing this and it said i'm a label maker my views uh are pretty limited and they said well this will help you uh I said just hear me out and pretend you're interested in label i said gotcha and i said it was i don't know what year it was uh but uh Whatever year Roger and me was uh, like on HBO, uh Michael Moore documentary uh about Flint, Michigan, and Labelmaker said, Yeah, I heard about it in the news. They said, Yeah, well this was years before that, uh and there's a scene in the movie where this guy, whose name happens to be Ben Hamper, he wrote a book that uh, one of my roommates gave to me called Rivethead or Riveted uh, Ben Hamper's talking about, uh, his life. He went to high school with Michael Moore and he worked on a lot of the assembly lines at, uh, automotive plants. Uh, and he was talking about kind of the future for auto workers and Flint and stuff, uh, in the label. said, can I stop you? Is this going to be a downer? And I said, and at some point he started talking about, uh, the Beach Boys song, Wouldn't It Be Nice, and talking about the lyrics. And then I said, moments later, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the documentary played the song against the backdrop of Flint, Michigan. And I said, it always gives me chills thinking about Ben Hamper's talking head, uh, pointing out the lyrics uh, of the song. Uh, It changed my life of how I view documentaries, of how it had a huge emotional impact on me and really made me feel for uh, and connected me emotionally to the film and the experience of the people in the documentary in a very profound way. And then the label maker said, where to next? And it was uh, Carol King that uh, signaled us time to dance again, the dance of the sugar plum fairy. And they said, the dance of the sugar plum fairy. He said, I don't think she wants me to dance on this one. It's too obvious. Uh, and the label maker, this time the label maker was really, uh, like leaning in on my shoulder, just like you'd want a shoulder based, uh, a, like being with consciousness and, and some intelligence. Uh, like imagine if instead of a parrot, you had a thinking parrot on your shoulder. And you could run ideas by it, like, hmm, well, we're faced with a puzzle. The dance of the sugar plum fairy. Uh, what do you think? Uh, and, the, you know, the, the parrot would hold one of its uh, sets of whatever they could call it, feet or whatever, to its chin, to the bottom of its beak, and say, hmm. And the, the label maker said, sugar plum. What's a sugar plum? And I said, I don't know. But I said, I do know that there's sugar and ice cream. And I said, there's like, like, uh, Ubi ice cream. And I said, there's a, other ones like that. I said, isn't one of those like a root or, uh, and the, the, I think the label. like said, "The plum's not a root. And I said, it is a stone's a stone fruit. And this place is just a stone's throw away. And the label I said, I guess, uh, and I said, it's worth investigating and I'm buying. Uh, so we headed over there. And I, like, uh, this was a local establishment, like another, uh, like a small business. Uh, they said, we could be like an infomercial or something for local businesses, uh, if we were going to name them and get paid, but we're not. And I said, this place just moved and reopened. It's actually called Cookie Bar. Uh, so I did name it cause I like it. And, uh. We went in there and, uh, he said, are you going to get the Ubi ice cream? And I said, no. He said, not that I don't enjoy it, but I said, there's other flavors I enjoy here. Cinnamon toast crunch. Uh, they said, they also have fruity pebbles. Uh, but that one is, uh, like it's only good to taste. I, I said, you like, cause I like a sugar cone. He said, maybe in a cake cone in label maker. Of course, I'd never had ice cream. I said, what do you subsist on? Like the, the spiritual energy of, uh, Carol King, probably. And he said, I sus for my mission of reclaiming labels. And so I ordered ice cream and then I had a look around, uh, the shop, uh, and I said, I noticed that their coolers were old school coolers. And I said, man, you got some old school coolers here, huh? And the person working like, uh. Was staring at the fact that I had a label, like they were trying to figure out what my deal was, because uh, they were like, "You're 16 years old," and I said, "You've never seen a, a person with a label maker on their shoulder, huh?" And the, the person actually had me. It was like they deadpanned to me, "They said actually, there's somebody in here 10 minutes ago," and I, I thought to myself, "What a fool I am! I'm a person chasing around the original person." on a mission with the label maker, my first reaction wasn't like, Oh, that's funny. It was like, uh, uh I, I'm, I'm the second place person on a label maker, uh, treasure hunts. Uh, but then the label maker here, like kind of made a like a click, click noise. And the kid thought that it was like animatronic. Uh, so he said, Oh, sorry, that's cool. And I started looking over this old-school cooler that probably was in, like, an old-school uh, grocery store at some points. And that's when I saw it. Uh It was, like, a, it was a label down at the right-hand corner. Uh, this one was bright red. And it said, uh, Ken's Polka thing. And I said, okay. I said, what's a label? I said, interesting. Might have been an old 97 fan or could have been something else. But I peeled it off, uh, put it in my pocket, double checked. I said, and I said, how many labels did we have originally? And I said, one, two. And I said, okay, I got, I think I got everything. And then we had our ice cream. I offered it to label maker, but of course the label maker, I said, just taste it. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry, you're starting to grow on me. And the label maker said, okay, let's keep going. And I said, okay, I said, hopefully this is the last label because I'm really running out of uh, steam here. I'm going to be in, like uh, I said, after I have ice cream, I usually have like a sugar crash and I get pouty. And I said, Carol King, what's next? And she said, I said, well, I said, holy Melissa Etheridge, because she said, meet me in the back. And I said, okay, that's one to puzzle over. Cause this is right. We already left the ice cream place. So it doesn't mean the back of the ice cream place, uh, meet me in the back. And we started walking. I said, back of what, uh, Carol King. And I said, what do you think, uh, Wendy or whatever? I said, I forgot what I was nicknaming you, but, uh, uh, my, my, my astute label maker. And the label maker said, don't label me. And they said, it's good because I never it to ask your name anyway. So until, you know, the, the person at the grocery store asked, what you what do you go by? And I said, meet me in the back. And I said, okay, let's just keep walking and thinking. And I said, I, I've been wondering to myself the whole time why we're uh, looking for stuff, uh like, uh, why, why, why a label maker would be reclaiming labels, uh, and a mission endorsed by Carol King. And, you know, I thought, uh, you know, by your rough attitude that, uh, you maybe you were, uh, you know, reselling these labels, uh, to, uh, you know, to tech rich tech people for thousands of dollars, like, uh, reclaimed labels for, you know, reclaimed label maker art or something. But now I realized the truth and the label maker said, not yet. And I said, uh, okay. And I, 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 I go, I, I think I know where we're headed. And the label maker said, where? And I said, there's a record store and next to a, uh, taqueria and the taqueria has a out back, uh, but there's a hole in the fence that goes to the back of the record store. And I said, I can't think of any place that would have more, uh, Likely, you know, so I said, let's just go into the patio behind the taqueria. And then we climbed through the fence, uh, into the back of the record store. And because it was pretty inaccessible, like, uh, the grass was high. The door was metal and it kind of it wasn't like uh, this back area got much use. It was like some milk crates back there. And. Uh, like we started looking around, but I said, let's like, I said, maybe we're supposed to meet each other in the back, uh, label maker. And I said, I think like, uh, like if I'm thinking with Carol Kane, cause there's also a mix of podcasts on this, uh, iPod, uh, that there was an Elvis Mitchell interview with Courtney Hunt, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, on the treatment, so I think we should talk too, like you know person to person, like uh Elvis Mitchell really gets interested and I like how excited he gets uh and I think he just sounds cool, so I don't think I could ask you I said you can't make labels anymore, huh? And the label maker says, alas, I cannot. I made my last label years ago." And I said, what happened? And I said, it stopped, they stopped making my, like, uh, my, like, and I said, the raw material for your labels. And then the label maker said, yeah, get more or less. Uh, I mean, the actual, and they said, wow. And I said, no wonder. I said, so you're going to reclaim these labels and just run it through. Like you, I said, you, I said, cause there's no retirement home for label makers. And I said, this is mind boggling. Like, uh, I said, you're still fully functional. And I said, and you can still communicate. And I said, we could repurpose you. And Lee like said, you could, but, uh, who'd be willing to do that? And I said, well, I said, I can't imagine Carol King brought us together for that because I'm not good at, uh, I said, I'm good. I could take you apart, but I wouldn't be able to put you back together or figure out alternative means for you to print labels. Uh, but I gotta think we're here for a reason. And, and then I hit, you know, I hit shuffle because I, I didn't have, you know, I don't have all the answers. Uh, and I said that to the label maker and up on, uh, into on, my earbuds or into my earbuds came, uh, only he has the power to move me. And I said, "Well, I, I have the power to." I said, and I said, "I just knocked on the door." I, I said, well, "Let me just react to what Carol King's doing," and knocked on the back of the door, knocked a few times, and then the owner of the record store opened the door. And at first, he was a little grouchy because he, he was taking a nap in the back office, which was against the door. And he said, "What?" what? And he said, Are "You the one from Craigslist? Why, why didn't you come through the front?" And I said, uh, he said, you got your late. He goes, okay, let's check it out and see if it-. He goes, I couldn't believe these boxes of, uh, uh, label inserts I found. And I sort of thought to myself, ironically, I said, someone else is running around with an old label maker. And I said, how many boxes do you have? And he said, three. And I said, okay. I said, I, I said, my friend is the one that con- contacted you. He goes, yeah, I just found two of them. He goes, I had promised that one to you and your friend. He goes, I got two more. And I said, well, my friend would still want one uh, that you promise them, but I'm going to take the other two. I said, I'm here actually on behalf of Carol King. Yeah. Uh, well, not exactly. And he said, well, let's see if they fit. Uh, and we opened up these unopened packages of labels, uh, or la- I don't know what they called them because I was like, uh, blind with excitement uh i mean i was like is this a synchronicity or just the power of carol king and i said holy mackerel two boxes big boxes full and we opened one up uh and we stuck it in the label maker and it fits uh and i don't know if you know what joy looks like uh and I know the term transcendent joy gets, uh, thrown around, uh, but if a label maker could weep with transcendent joy, that's what this label maker was doing for its purpose it had been restored, uh, in some sense. And then, so, so I said, I'll take him. And then he, he said, okay, whatever. He said some ridiculous number, like, uh, 800. I said, oh man, uh. for two boxes of vintage label maker labels. Uh, he said, yeah, these are the ones they stopped making. Uh, and he goes, that's what your friend agreed. Uh, 400. He goes, I'm giving you these two for 800. And I said, okay, that makes kind of makes sense. And I looked at the label maker and I said, okay, how am I going to come up with 800 bucks? Uh, and they said, Hey, who, uh, and then he saw the labels. He goes, wait a second. You got, he goes, you got those. He goes, what are those in your pocket? And I started pulling them out. And he said, holy cow, these are, he goes, the patina or whatever, you know, he said, wow, these are great. Uh, and then it clicked again, the deep brilliance of Carol King. And he said, what are these? I said, well, they're for our project. I'm, you know, I'm putting it together. Uh, it's not finished. Uh, you know, some vintage, you know, these are, you know, weathered, rec- reclaimed labels. Uh, it's one of my things. One of the things I do. And he said, well, what are you going to use these for? I said, well, labeling stuff. Uh, I said, my label maker wants to live, uh, uh to have an act three. But I said, these, yeah, I said, another thing I do is reclaim labels, uh, make art out of it. And he said, me too. And he said, well, it's more of a thing on my to-do list uh, than actual something I do. Because then he said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, more of uh, something I've been thinking about doing that I never got around to. And I said, because I'm too busy out adventuring with a label maker. And he said, huh. And I said, I mean, I could probably, I, I said, you know, I was planning on j- charging top dollar. Because these are, you know, real wild. Ric-. He said, I can tell. I can see the quality of these labels. They've seen many days. And I said, "Yeah, I mean, I'd be willing to trade them two boxes of labels uh, for these labels, these reclaimed labels." Uh, and he said, "Deal's done." He goes, "This was found money anyway," and so I took the two boxes uh, and I headed home. And I thought about. Uh, I said, "Carol," I said, and then I, you know, I said, "Carol, what do you think about this?" And she played the search by uh, Sun and I said, "Okay, we've done." Or due diligence, the search in uh, the label maker, let's be honest, label maker moved in with me. And I weighed out, uh, I counted out the, the spools of, you know, potential labels and I calculated, uh, you know, I did some calculations. So, uh, you know, maybe making one label a month uh, for the next, uh, you know, into the future. And you know maybe uh, that'll be something you'll learn more about. Maybe not. You know maybe I'll become uh, you know label art, a major label artist, uh, you know majorly making art with labels, or maybe I get over labeling. But uh, you know just basically making a label maker happy, uh, but really just assisting uh, you know the universe and making sure the label. you know, the label maker. They could, and and we still reclaim labels when we can, uh, because uh, you want to forget your roots. Uh, that's what the label maker told me. Unnamed label maker, because it doesn't like to be labeled. Uh, so that's a tale of the reclaiming label maker. Good night.